0: you can only imagine what his nerves are like right now what his heart rate is like right now for david ayers this was no ordinary day at the office but this is practically impossible that that you're now asking him to do this the 42 year old father of three thrust into action to play in an NHL game. But Ayers' day job isn't patrolling the net as a goalie against the world's best players. He's a building operations manager at an athletic center in Toronto and a former Zamboni driver. Ayers, who received a kidney transplant in 2004, had assumed his NHL dreams were a thing of the past. But when the Toronto Maple Leafs and Carolina Hurricanes squared off Saturday night, there he was. The emergency. Third goaltender on standby in case either team needed him. And after Carolina lost their top two goalies to injury, they called on Ayers in the second period.
1: One of the equipment guys came in to me and he said, uh, you, you gotta get your stuff on. It's uh, it's time to go out there.
0: With his wife in the stands, Ayers' debut started off strong. Out to play it. He'll move it. Good job. Just seconds later, the Hurricanes capitalized. Get by Anderson. They score! But it wasn't going to be easy. Giving up two goals.
1: Devors a shot, he scores, and there's nothing the goaltender could do
0: about that one. The Hurricanes rallying around their newest teammate Ayers, recording eight stops. I'm in. What a save! And helping Carolina win. Stopped by David Ayers, the Carolina Hurricanes surround him. Entering the locker room to a hero's welcome. <laughs> Ayers earning praise from Hurricanes head coach. Great job. job. Here's wife Sarah tweeting, I am the happiest, proudest woman on the planet because my human got to live out his ultimate dream. I'm also surprised I still have a voice. That dream realized. It's been something he probably never thought he'd get a chance to do. By a player who kept his cool and delivered.
1: Willing to rewatch a
0: movie. Oh, hell yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Clear, clear. Strawberry banana.
0: If they plop, please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Ah!
1: A, their defense is atrocious Atrocious The, the Rockstar Right on the People, People. Tiso Tiso is the
2: official
0: watch of the NBA Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos you know, We love China, we love your know, plan here It comes a dunk
1: Shut up and listen You think you're better than me? All
2: right, welcome back to the Rewindables Chris Mandelkin Ben Craw, Christian Lynch Gentlemen, we are back
3: We're back we are back We're
1: back You thought we were gone That we left But we're back
4: He's back mm, Nope He's back
3: Cousin is back and, well, More importantly are. Mm. Cousin Yes Brother <laughs> You're back. <laughs> back It's been so Indonesia. long I feel like I am I am welcoming you Like like Walt's Uh Welcoming Doug back from the Merchant Marines. Yep,
1: and I'm brother. How have you you been? Tell me of your
3: travels.
1: (laughs) I wasn't away visiting family. I was figure skating that entire time.
0: Finger (laughs) painting? You You say finger painting? Finger painting?
2: Yep. (laughs) Um, Gentlemen, we are talking about a certain 1992 redacted ice skating film. We are. Don't know what it's uh, called, I
3: forget the title.
2: Yep, we are doing one of our old Reliables, one of our old favorites, which is a
3: draft. It's a draft, folks. It's a draft episode.
2: We we are going to be drafting, I mean, the highly anticipated here, and Ben, I know you've already had quite the evening, which we're going to talk about. But first and foremost, we're going to be drafting (laughs) non-speaking characters from the 1992 redacted ice skating film... Um, it's as simple as that folks uh, yeah. these are our, these are the best and the brightest these are the characters uh, that
3: did not have a line in the movie
2: they did yeah. not have a line they didn't utter a word they yeah. didn't no make grunts, a sound. no noises they didn't grunt they didn't aspirate in any sort of way they were mm-hmm. silent yeah. and they
1: their were silenced words, their words cut no edges in the acted film
3: Yes. They were silenced. They were silenced much like the writers and actors. That's right. Trying Absolutely. to make an honest living in Hollywood and television today.
2: And folks, we stand in solidarity with the unions. We'll yes, stand we stand in solidarity with the WGA, with SAG-AFTRA, we stand in solidarity with the non-speaking characters in the in the redacted ice skating film. Yep. We stand we in won't solidarity be silenced. with all
3: exploited and silenced workers around the world. Yep.
2: That's right. Um, that's
1: Some right, of these that's characters right. likely wished they had a line to get a better rate <laughs> on their day rate. Of but course, they, they, did. Did. Of course they yeah. were open to say like, Right on, Jack. And they are like, no, 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 you don't get to say could that. Have
3: gotten, could have gotten no, that sir. union card. Could have gotten yeah. that SAG card if no. they just had one line.
1: No Taft-Hartley for these characters. <laughs> you won't be speaking in this picture. I'm so sorry, but it's not happening. Yeah. No. Uh, no. But
3: maybe they'll make a few bucks off that uh, AI capture. You know, <laughs> <That's> Absolutely. <right. laughs> for
1: hundreds of years in perpetuity. Yeah, oh, there's I'm, always that.
3: Some of these characters. So they can that, live on long after they die.
1: Not that I'm for that, but if I saw some of these characters in perpetuity, like a hundred years from now, like, you know, man orgasming in front of an American flag. And I'm like, that's a guy from 1993's Edge of a slash it. redacted film. Um, <laughs> nope. But no, we're against well. that. That's bad. Don't do that, kids. Don't, yeah. Don't scan your face for imperfect. Yeah.
3: If anyone asks you if you'd like to have your face Scam. or voice scanned, <laughs> you tell them no. No, thank you, No, sir. absolutely no, not. not today, not any day.
2: And folks, did we hear about uh, our, our lovely friends at Zoom? The the wonderful uh, video conferencing client. Oh, uh, you mean the News program team? that we're
3: literally currently using right now?
2: Yeah, which is actually going to be using AI to, um, uh, which is going to be which is going to be using the video and audio of its paid users like us mm, to us. train its
4: AI. Executives at Zoom say the company does not use customer data to train its artificial intelligence tools. As NPR's Bobby Allen reports, the announcement
2: comes after reports that Zoom uses what people say on video calls to
3: advance its AI. Tech bloggers recently discovered that Zoom quietly updated its terms of service to say that Zoom reserves the right to train its AI on customers' video, audio, and chat transcripts without explicit permission. After a backlash from customers, Zoom went on the defensive, saying in a statement that it would not use customer data to improve its AI without consent. But critics point out that Zoom has a poor track record on data privacy. Zoom was criticized in 2020 after providing end-to-end encryption only to customers who paid for the service.
2: A year later, the company agreed to a $85 million settlement over sharing customer data with Google,
3: Facebook, and LinkedIn without consent. Bobby Allen, NPR News.
1: Oh, that's great. So the next time you're in a business meeting and you hear foreplay, 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 <laughs> that's a, the AI has been trained to yes. say that any incident where there's anticipation is actually foreplay.
3: That's so exciting to hear. What what yeah. great news. I'm sure that, uh, uh, you know, assuming they have our, our contact and, and banking information that that will be, um, you know, compensated for that. Oh, I'm uh, sure we'll be compensated <laughs> for, <laughs> our,
2: for our likeness and image being yeah. used yeah, yeah. To, to train robots. That's, ben, that's this, awesome. this, has, this draft of non-speaking characters from the redacted ice skating film has been... Uh, in the making for a little while now it's it been, been discussed we've been we've been batting this one around about this a one little bit for, for a while yep, yep. Slapping nearly, the, the
3: hockey puck back and forth a few times, if you will. You,
2: you nearly had the, the rug pulled out from underneath you tonight. Nearly lost your power.
3: <laughs> and yeah, a little peek behind we, the curtain. Literally about five minutes before we hit record on this thing. Um, downstairs in uh, you know the Swish FM Connecticut HQ in my basement. And uh, suddenly uh, darkness. Immediate pitch blackness all around me. Uh, Everything is down and uh, dark And I'm thinking, huh, that's uh, pretty good timing Pretty good (laughs) timing that it came back, it flickered back on um, You know, a few short seconds later And I was like, oh, phew, thank goodness Let me just text Chris that uh, Oh, my internet might take a few minutes to, uh, to, to boot back up And then it went out again And this time for a little bit longer Looked down the, you know, glanced down the street Total blackness down the entire street so I was like, okay, this, uh, this might be a bit of an issue. Um, but then, knock on wood, fingers crossed, it came back. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how this goes. Uh, but as, as of now, I do, in fact, have power. So we're going we're gonna to use this for as long as we can here.
1: And Just a peek behind A peek behind the curtain that's behind the curtain. Behind his basement curtain, there's another curtain. It's his, uh, there's lots house. of curtains down here. So many curtains. <laughs> uh, behind the curtain, uh, when you all told me you wanted to draft... Characters. They said, "Oh, like your our favorite characters from the film," and I was told, "No, they can have no lines." And I said, "Excuse me, <laughs> you want to do what right now?" So that's what we're that's doing right. here tonight, folks. We are drafting <laughs> our favorite characters from this film that had no no lines. Yeah, but that doesn't make them any less memorable. And no. uh, in some ways, these valid. are some of
3: they're yeah maybe some of the most important characters. They are they the build glue out the world. that that, build that out holds exactly that they holds this did. world together.
2: Now. Christian, this is your first draft
3: with first us. First time doing a draft on Switch FM. Welcome. Very
2: excited. Very exciting. Ben, um, two questions for you. Yeah. As we always do with every draft. First, mm. let me begin here. Do you recall what our last draft was? My goodness. Uh, it's more recent than you might think. It's pretty Pre with
3: honors, pre rewindables, pre with honors. I literally the podcast before with honors. It's all to me is like a, <laughs> it's a foggy, not, distant memory. I yeah. don't really remember talking about that was a different basketball. job. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, was it surviving
1: w- Christmas? Did you do a draft pick of characters? We did
3: not. Stuff? That was a that was a full rewindables episode, but we didn't have a draft associated with that one. Do you want me
2: to tell you? Was the, it about uh, basketball? Yeah, it was about
3: basketball. Was it about, uh, oh, my God. Was it about, like, hist- like historic basketball, f- players, teams? I yes. literally, I'm not, like, doing sh- a bit here. I don't no, no, remember. No, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> so it was episode 230 and 231. We drafted NBA draft classes.
3: Oh, sure. The classes. The classes draft with Wham. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh okay. that was an a good outsider one. who joined... Uh, you know, Swish FM, you know, during the rewindables era. I just want to say, you're talking about too much basketball on <sighs> this basketball podcast. Of course. Let's get, yeah, let's we get are. back to our focus here. Yeah, let's
3: rewind. A back film to from 1993. <laughs> so, 92,
1: you mean? Oh, 92. Other, that's right.
2: The <laughs> other on. thing about that, Ben, was the order of the draft. Yeah. In that, in that draft was Whammy, Team BC, and then Team CW. Oh, God. I know what that means. So we're going to invert that order because right. I think it's probably best for you since this is your first rodeo. You would probably want to pick you want. I think we should Ben and I should pick before you just so you can get away the land,
3: maybe. Yeah, get your sea legs under you a little bit if that's okay. I mean, yeah, you know, I do. You say. know, in
1: every open draft, the best pick is third.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> Who right. Who wants first that's round the draft cat, pick? That's the catbird if, seat. If you want you to gotta, pick
1: first, it, if you want no. to pick first, it's all... No? no, no, no! I I welcome being the rookie here, okay. and I deserve the third okay. pick. And yeah. Honestly, well,
3: there's no way to get value if you have the top pick. You got to wait to to take advantage of the mistakes that the first two teams. I got some shocking make. picks
1: here. I got some shocking picks. I'm yeah. just uh, to
2: yeah. I'm These, it, 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 like, has me in knots. Knowing, like, like, yeah. I, like I've been thinking, I, guys. I've been thinking about this. The draft sniper for level picks two that months. you guys make. Yeah. 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 Okay. This all is right. all right. Okay. All right, so we the order of the draft will be will be as such: it'll be five rounds. It'll be Team CW, Team BC, Team Cuz, and uh, we don't do a snake draft. Yeah, no just snake. The, we just reset for, for the sake. Oh, perfect. Of, perfect. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry, well, because we for could use sake. snake for this. If you if no, absolutely you know. not. No, no. Yeah. You just keep adding adding punishment. <laughs> for the sake of the listening audience it's a little easier. it's too to
3: confused honestly we couldn't keep track if we if we yeah, had totally. to do it like that i, I yeah,
1: understand so. so i'm gonna get yeah. every every tertiary character okay yeah. that's fine we're fine mm-hmm. with that everyone mm-hmm. understands the rules but again you're gonna be getting those
3: value time. sniping those yeah. value uh selections yeah. uh, so, so we're gonna go five
2: we're, we're gonna go five rounds and then after five that picks ben, each. 15 we'll, total if we have some time, we'll talk. And yes, about there are
3: fifteen mentions. non-speaking characters in this movie. There, yeah. we got plenty to pick from, folks.
2: Don't you worry, folks. A lot
3: of people did a lot of not speaking in this movie. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. So, without f- any further ado, I guess uh, I'll hop into it here oh with the God. first pick and the first are we round. we actually doing it. <laughs> Yeah, so with the uh, first pick in the first round of the non-speaking character draft in the uh, redacted ice skating film, my first overall selection goes to... Upside down saxophone player. Oh, damn it. 37 wow. minutes. 37 minutes 38 seconds. Mm, now we're talking wow. about
1: New Year's Eve sax player. Yes? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that is being let's crossed be- off my list. God damn it. Let's, yep.
2: let's <laughs> begin here. 37-38. Go ahead and find it. I'll say this: so I imagine we all had this guy pretty picked pretty high on our draft boards,
3: right? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, he was on there. He was on there. I don't. For me, yeah. he really is
2: one of the more pivotal non-speaking characters in the Redacted Ice Skating film. When we consider the New Year's Eve party, the significance of the party in the Redacted Ice Skating film, how it essentially mm. sets the stage for the movie's dramatic conflict. Doug and Kate falling in love mm-hmm. suddenly the importance of our upside down saxophone player and his music really are unmatched and mm. it, be, it became very clear to me the more I thought about it this man sets the movie in motion um, wow. think about all that goes into this New Year's Eve party I don't want to step on anyone's toes here. Chris loves this party so much. I don't want to step on anyone's toes here with future draft picks, so I'll be careful in talking about this. But think about this. Yeah. Upside-down saxophone player introduces us to who? Hale. He mm-hmm. underscores uh, Anton kissing, who is presumably his partner or his girlfriend, right? He <laughs> or plays a music, random woman he met that night. Or just a random woman. He plays yeah. music as Doug, a uh, proponent of free love, makes out with a harem of women, right? Mm, possibly. Uh, the, the, these, these are critical plot points in the redacted ice skating film. I would argue... <laughs> Without the intoxicating music of our upside-down saxophone player, yeah, none of this happens.
3: Apologies, right? apologies to uh, to Paul Michael Glazer, who was not a fan of the song that uh, saxophone player was playing. Right. If I'm not mistaken, we that... I
1: think we all disagree here. Yeah, we, yeah we're going to
3: agree to disagree with 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 uh, director Glazer on that one, I'm afraid. But uh, yeah, that that rendition of b 52s smoking, smoking hot.
1: The other thing that's been a little unclear to me just to bring this up with the sax man, someone is singing Love Shack. The band is playing it. It's a female vocalist singing it. But the uh, shots do not apply. now, which leads me to believe they have like a boombox on top of the piano, just playing female isolated. We tracks.
3: never see the singer, do we?
1: No, I think I think they have like an instrumental CD on a boombox. Wait, are we band sure we is get wailing?
3: We're sure this is a this is a vocal version of that song.
1: Are we here? well. We let's hear let's re-listen
3: here. Thirty-seven what? Thirty-seven, thirty-eight.
1: Somebody 37. starts to sing. We
2: eventually get a chat.
1: Yeah, we get a little of. Maybe I'm just not seeing the right angle, but it, we know that's not the sax player singing. Oh a no! So yeah, it's a woman. That's a woman. I mean, top draft pick uh, choice, smooth sax, New newer sax soloist, a very wise choice.
2: Yeah, he sets the stage for a wild party, and frankly, as an audience, we lose our inhibitions. And this is this is the party where Doug and Kate realize that they love one another. He's he's central to the film. Uh, he didn't. He doesn't say a word. But oh, yeah, there the is vocals at, is... at 3805
3: confirmed. Yeah, some some vocals yeah, come confirmed. in. But it, it, the, the sax is still playing, so it's definitely not him singing falsetto. Oh, no. There's no way We're he could be singing now, at the oh, same wow. time. He's, He's
1: not, not singing.
2: About. He doesn't no. want to
3: speak. He does no. not want to speak. He speaks with his, with his axe, baby. <laughs> He's he too yeah. busy
1: wailing.
2: Yeah, yeah. He plays his he plays his horn, and that's good enough for me. Uh, he doesn't utter a word, and bottom line is he's my number one pick in the draft.
3: Can we talk a little about his look, CW? Yeah, and how, let's do, how it. do we? Yeah, I mean, go for it. Like, I mean, I I, cause I think he does speak with more than just his saxophone. I think he has a lot to say with his style.
2: <laughs> he looks like a million
3: bucks. For he's dressed starters. for
2: success. He's dressed. The for first success. thing, the first thing about this guy is. He, well, we see
3: his image in a, in the top of a grand piano. Mm-hmm. So already yeah. he is this shimmering reflection, this majestic, like beautiful mirage yes. almost. You and know, you're like, is that? A, am I dreaming? Why is he upside down? Yeah. The cinematography an mention
1: to the pianist at the baby grand piano, who looks like the guy who would be playing the piano <laughs> in the uh, in the hey. room in the room that like Jack. <laughs> Yeah. finds out there's Careful. so many oh uh, okay there's in uh shinning <laughs> that yeah, we'll the to gentleman that in one. the book form the book form of uh which is true in the book as well yeah. we're talking novels
3: Chris. the film adaptation of the <laughs> Stephen King novel little pigs
0: little pigs let me come in by the hair
4: on your chinny-chin-chin? Then I'll
1: huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. novel this uh, yes. gentleman seems like he'd be perfect for a party for ghosts that yes have wild yes. sexual activity in the hotel yeah. at night especially yeah.
3: ghosts that don't care for sideburns
2: but to ben to ben's point we 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 meet the upside down saxophone player for the first time we're catching his upside down reflection in a in a in a grand piano right and um he looks phenomenal. He's dre- he's dressed in an absolute killer tux. And I mm-hmm. love the set deck here. Again, I know this doesn't it doesn't necessarily contribute to the fact that he doesn't speak, but it doesn't hurt. They got the holly uh, lining the room, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just so festive. <laughs> he really is part of the whole, <laughs> like he yeah. basically is as much a part of the set deck as 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 the lights and 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 you know he really provides like like an ambiance and a vibe, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and he's swaying, he's dancing to his own music. The guy's having the time of his life. Yeah. Yes. and no doubt. He, he he is like he he is the uh, like the fuel. He is the fuel for this fire, right? That's mm. going to that's going to set the stage again for Kate and Doug to fall in love. It's, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't surprise me that this is the party where that they, where they would fall in love, where Hale's, you know, radar would go off. Hey, something's going on. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's, he's blowing his horn. And I mean, to me, he's, he's, he's a central character. He's a, he's a central part of this film.
1: I'd also argue that he's driving up to this Greenwich, Connecticut mansion in like a rusted, Camry that's like firing back. <laughs> like Squealing underneath. There's something broken. It's just squealing. This horrible yeah. noise. There's a family
3: of rats him. living in his engine and in his, in his fucking carburetor. Yeah. You know, the
1: guards at the gate are like, oh, no, we're having an incident. And he's like rolls down, manually rolls down the window to be like, no, no, no. I'm playing sax here tonight. And they're like seeing yeah. him in the tux and this image of a really well-dressed man in this piece of shit car.
3: He's trying to get his bow tie on behind the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Struggling. And one
1: <laughs> one last
2: point. <laughs> Just an incredible head of hair.
3: I was about, I was wondering hair. when you were going to mention the, the, the back, especially, of that hair.
0: If it feels too good to be hairspray, it's got to be Finesse Touchables. The hairspray with hydrating silk proteins that conditions as it holds. Finesse hairspray, which gets the hold that gets the touch.
2: Bottom line is... The hair is all pulled back. Mm-hmm. And what do we want to call the color of this hair? He has its he- head of hay. Uh, yeah, it's golden. yeah, it's very hay-like. It's golden. Flaxen. It's soft. Yes. It's fluffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, you know it's, conditioned. it's, 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 it's conditioned.
0: The first day I color my hair, I love the color, the feeling. To keep it, now I have L'Oreal's new discovery. Color V Technicare Queen Conditioner. It has an ultraviolet filter that protects and cares for my hair, so my color stays truer, longer. Color Vive Conditioner gives me progressive care to keep my first day color alive. New Color Vive Technicare by L'Oreal. And I'm worth
2: it. It's receding in points, but bottom line is, it doesn't matter. Like he's Mm -hmm. having the time of his life.
3: I almost like the first few times I I laid eyes on this fella, I thought he had one of the little tiny mini ponytails, but it's not. There's actually no no ponytail (laughs) present. It's just a little. Little few yeah. wisps in the back there, little lettuce, as some Minnesotans mullet. might call it. A little yeah, little, um, little hockey hair going on in the yeah. back, as a, as a <laughs> perhaps a subtle nod to uh, to Doug's upbringing.
1: Well, epic, epic first pick. That's a great pick, and I Thanks, scratched guys. It off. I've scratched it off the wow. list. As someone's yeah, going to pick yeah. third, I'm a little worried. That's a top. That's a top draft pick.
3: That's a good one. All right, Ben. Wow. Okay. You're
1: up. So, round one, number two overall, goes
2: to Team BC. Whenever you're ready, Ben, you're on the clock.
3: Okay. Okay. Uh, With my first selection in the first round of the non speaking characters from the 1992 redacted ice skating movie, I am selecting the Greenwich Compound Zamboni driver. (laughs) Great pick. First appearance at twenty six fourteen. This is this is a character. So uh, you know, with as with every draft, inevitably we get into unpacking our um, you know our, our our methodology, you know our reasoning, our logic. Um, and believe me, guys, I put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> and I when I when making my selections, I try to really focus on what is the defining characteristic of these characters. They are silent. And not just are they, are they silent or, you know, maybe they don't have lines, but it's almost as if silence defines their essence, uh, as if, like, they have reason to speak and yet they choose not to. Um, so this is this is the Zamboni driver that works at at, uh, at Kate's compound, you know, in Greenwich, um, smoothing that ice day in and day out. Uh, as you may remember, um, when Doug first uh, steps foot uh, inside the the rink, uh, Anton says,
0: you "Got your own rink. We have ice every day.
3: We have ice every day, and that is thanks to this man. Now, when we see him for the first time." He's driving his Zamboni while Doug Dorsey is playing a little, you know, fantasy hockey game uh, with himself. So the Zamboni driver is doing his job and Doug is pretending to be a professional hockey player as if he's, you know, 10 years old, uh, you know, playing in his driveway. Uh, And he says... um, uh, he says, whoa, uh, this, is, this is Doug saying,
2: whoa, back to Gretzky
1: over to Esposito, La Fontaine to Dorsey, to Dorsey, to Gretzky, Gretzky to Dorsey, Dorsey shoots, his scores!
3: And then yes! Doug throws his own body into the Zamboni, as mm-hmm. if he's being, like, checked against the boards. Um, again, he's just doing this uh, while a man, the Zamboni driver, is driving the Zamboni across the ice trying to do his job. Um, and instead of the driver of the Zamboni saying like "Hey" or "Yo, dude" or "Hey, what the, hey, fuck? What the fuck" or uh, "Can you not do that while I'm working," the driver says nothing. Not a single peep, not a single word or noise emanates from his lips. <laughs> so I am making this pick so high because I believe that the the uh, the act of not speaking. Is, is absolutely fundamental and, and defining of, of the essence of who this character is. Mm. Uh, that is to say, he by all rights should speak, but does not. He is like a mute Sisyphus, just cleaning and resurfacing <laughs> and smoothing that ice day in and day out. Beginning anew each morning, from one season to the next, as the planet rotates and the sands of time drain from the hourglass. (laughs) Neither snow, nor rain, nor heat, nor gloom of night, nor some Neanderthal hockey player from Mayhorn, Minnesota, hurling his body into his machine will stay, this courier, from the swift completion of his appointed (laughs) rounds.
0: This is a frightening and bizarre spectacle at an ice rink in Rochester, New York. A Zamboni suddenly burst into flames on the ice. You can hear screams inside the arena, but the driver managed to escape unharmed. He quickly drove off the ice and used a fire extinguisher to put out the flames before the fire department got there.
3: Um, In my head, this man has not spoken in decades. Um... (laughs) And uh, that is just simply <laughs> how he exists. Yep. Um, so, getting into his look, uh, he has a very kind of uh, workman like uh, blue uniform. Um, there's like one shot that I was able to zoom in on where I, it appears he's wearing kind of a, a, a royal blue like uh, jacket, um, just kind of like a windbreaker type jacket with like some dark gray, or perhaps dark khaki slacks. You know, very simple, um, not I mean, his flashy. Profile,
1: his profile looks a little bit like it could be Chris Elliott.
3: <laughs> yeah, be. that's... yeah, has got a yeah, little that's beard a really, going on. Yep, he's got a very a little scraggly salt and pepper beard um, that you can just barely see in one shot. He has this blue hat. Uh, the hat matches his jacket. Um, again, this looks like the uniform that he just wakes up and puts on every single day of his life. He probably has exactly one outfit. Um, I assume that he lives in some, you know, outbuilding uh, uh, on the compound, Um, you know, maybe with with his own bathroom or maybe he just uses the facilities in the rink. Um, you know, to shower and and uh, and you know do his business uh, each day, um, but think he's yeah.
1: defecating in a bucket somewhere in an outhouse.
3: <laughs> it's possible he just uses the ice and then yep. smooths it over with a zamboni. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's not you know. Hey, um, oh, you but, know um,
1: he's disgruntled Pete on that ice and zamboni. Too, in his <laughs> yeah, prison. maybe he's late at night like when like no these one... Connecticut snobs don't pay enough for this shit. Dealing with a hockey guy playing with my Zamboni. Yeah, yeah.
3: But I just (laughs) love this man. He is the stoic, silent hero um, that, again, provides that ice every day that allows Kate and Doug (laughs) to practice their moves and form their partnership. Um, And guess what, guys? If it weren't for him, we don't have a Pamchenko because there's no ice to, to, to practice it on and to oh, sure. hurl, hurl Kate's broken body across over and over again. Boy. So um, that is why my first pick is the Greenwich Compound Zamboni Driver. Incredible, man. Lo- wow. It's, a great,
1: it's a great choice. It's a Thank great you. choice. Thank you. And uh, I'm it wasn't even on my list. So that's how I'm just so honored. Not... I wasn't
3: sure. Like Honestly, I thought he could have gone with CW's first pick. I was very happy to get God. him at number it's, two.
2: It's so nerve-wracking to hear your picks. <laughs> All yeah. right, Christian. You know, uh, round round one, pick number three overall. Team, cuz you're on the clock. When it, whenever you're clock. ready, the floor is yours. Yep.
1: I mean, there are so many options that I want to pick. You know, of there's a lot of you know boys sitting on couches in their suits, waiting to hear this pick right now, and they mm-hmm. think they're coming into my team. And uh, just want to say, we appreciated you all and the efforts you put into this film. But mm-hmm. only one uh, group in my bones feels like the right pick right now, and that is high steakhouse weight staff. Uh, <laughs> oh that are known wow. for serving quality food at reasonable prices to unruly patrons. From Stoly drinking Pamchenko to Coked Out Doug to a High On <laughs> Love Dick Measuring Contest <laughs> Hale. These three or to four mm. weight staff.
3: Happen. I was just gonna say, you're getting three for the price of one with this pick. Getting three folks. for the
1: price of one, you know, like I yeah. just want to round out this my is
3: team, a team immediately. Powerhouse I mean, selection. Now, the
1: one thing that happens in Calgary, though, is there are a lot of steakhouses in Calgary. What is High's doing that's really special that makes them stand out? I think one of the biggest things we do or that we have is our sense of family. Um, If you look
2: at the history wall, High was a great family man um, and all of our staff, or a good many of them, have been with Highs for five years plus. Mm. Uh, If you look at the wall, we've got a picture of three of our longtime waiters. One of them is actually still working
1: and retiring this year. So it's amazing how long people stay with highs and and it goes to that sense of family. Absolutely, which is why people keep coming back too because they love that sense of family and they need that especially when things can be rough on the outside.
2: Exactly. Yeah, Lots of celebrations. We've had grandparents that came to, to almost the first highs, <laughs> right down to their, their
1: children, their grandchildren. And now, you know, we're moving forward. This is exciting. Well, when we come back, we're going to actually talk to one of your servers about what it's like to work here. We'll talk about the Caesar salad, which you guys are obviously well known for. And I've been told that I have to bring back some steaks, so we'll have to work on that part. Oh,
4: fantastic.
1: Thanks so much. Jill? These fellas showed up that day to work and found the restaurant empty, and they probably went to their manager saying, I'm sorry, did I get the schedule wrong? Like, the The restaurant seems to be shut down, but everyone in the kitchen seems to be frantically making meals. And they said, no, 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 no. This guy uh, called earlier, and he said we're renting the entire restaurant. And they said, is it the president? I said, no, it's not the president. This is somebody else. Uh, I, we don't really know where he works, but possibly he we've heard rumors that he works at like Raytheon and sells <laughs> bombs for a living. And they said, Oh my God, are, you know, is he a good tipper? And they're like, probably not. Honestly, <laughs> you don't get rich. tipping." So definitely boys, not, definitely we are not. in it for tonight. And then mm. they show up and Doug is just out of it. Keeps going to the bathroom over and over. <laughs> I don't know why And they're just coming and trying to get the orders and the, the, Pam Chaco guy is just shouting for Stoli immediately, and they're like, This is going to be a night. And uh, the fact that they can calmly work under pressure and serve garlic knots <laughs> that are exceptional garlic
3: toast, garlic toast, garlic like toast, and the to garlic right. toast. <laughs>
4: First and foremost, we started off with garlic toast and they also had the option of cheese toast as well. I tried both of them. They're both really good. I prefer really like the garlic toast more because just I'm a garlic toast geek so that's just me. And then we had the Caesar salad that was made at the table so I have shown that in my clip. It was good. Definitely nothing out of the the ordinary, like I can literally make that at home, so nothing really that special. So I would rate that like a 7 out of 10, and then the garlic toast like a 9 out of 10. Then following off with the filet mignon, I had a 6-ounce filet mignon with fries, because I'm not a mashed potato girl, which you guys already know that. I would rate that like a 7 out of 10, nothing too, too special that I preferably would want to go back to. And definitely for sure I ordered a nice champagne to go with it, so at least something to compliment the for the meal. I'm not a red wine person, so if you guys are thinking, oh she's eating all red right, I'm not a red wine. So that's it's either severe vlog or champagne. That's it, call a day.
1: <laughs> um, you know, if you ask for knots, the wait staff might be able to see what they have back there, but it's a toaster <sighs> we all knew that. We yeah. all knew that. <laughs> and uh, you know, I just want to say that my first round draft pick, I, I have other picks that I thought would be equally great, but I'm like, I want them on my team. I want, I want my boys. And yeah. Uh, big shout-out to High Steakhouse, a, a mm. proud possible sponsor of Swish Mvim's The Rewindables.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you could be. Is a Harry Carey you're doing right now? I think that's Absolutely. Harry Is that yeah. what that was? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Hi, <laughs> hey Norm. You ever been alone in a room face-to-face with a Marlin?
0: No. No, no
1: matter where you go in the room... It's eye follows your every move. <laughs> you should try it sometime. It's a rush. A bounce sponsor of, of of the Remindables is High Steakhouse. <laughs> so uh, high Steakhouse Wait Staff.
3: I mean those Nationals did team. did take place in Chicago, so it's very yeah. possible that Absolutely. Harry was, you know, tangentially so involved.
1: That is <clears> a round <throat> one pick.
3: Wow. Wow. Phenomenal. Incredible. Phenomenal.
2: What an opening round. I mean, he, I'm inspired. I'm inspired yeah. by the both of you. All right, let's let's uh, let's dive into it. Round two, Team CW on the board, pick number four overall. Once again, folks, this is the redacted ice skating film, non-speaking <laughs> characters draft. Uh, without further ado, Team CW, you're on the clock whenever you're ready. And the pick is in, folks, with the fourth overall selection we are going with four minutes, 56 seconds, the mustachioed West German ice hockey player. Wow. That was so... Number 17? Yeah.
1: Number 17? <laughs> Number 17. Number 17. You, know 17. We're about. you we're guys about may who.
2: recall in one of our opening episodes, I initially theorized that this guy was actually the same actor that played the character of Jem or Doug. Um, <laughs> no, Walt, you mean.
3: Uh, Walt, Um, yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Jemmer Walt,
2: but he's not. This is actually someone else. He wears number seventeen, and he's got a last name, folks. It's Unger, Mm. and yeah, honestly, this pick has a lot to do with that mustache. Let's face it. uh it's absolutely phenomenal Mm -hmm. um when you don't speak on screen you have to find a way to distinguish yourself you have to find a way to set yourself apart
3: you got to communicate in other ways
2: and Mm -hmm. my goodness uh mustachioed west german ice hockey player has (laughs) done it here he i would say he sets himself apart um so this is the beginning of the film. We're at the 88 Olympics in Calgary. As a reminder, it's the hockey match between the U.S. and West Germany. Mm-hmm. One of the USA players finds Doug Dorsey on a breakaway. He passes him the puck, and uh, but there's a penalty, so the play is whistled dead. And mustachioed West German ice hockey player picks up the puck and sort of mm-hmm. just shrewdly tosses it to the ref.
3: hmm very chomping. nonchalant, very smooth. Yeah, just a chomping, little...
2: He's chomping some sort of gum here,
3: right? Oh, is he and chewing again,
2: something? Yeah, he, it looks like, it looks to me like
3: he's chewing something. Oh, yeah, I see a little yep. jaw movement. Yep, yep, yep. yep. yep.
2: <laughs> and um, And again, that mustache, it just <laughs> really seals the deal. It gives this guy... He's all business. Of, ...of mystery. We can't fully trust him. He's capable of foul play right <laughs> yeah. and so that's pivotal that's pivotal. really crucial yeah i mean it's it, it there it's, is it's,
1: no film without west german number 17 hunger
3: yeah yes. literally setting the entire sequence of events in motion
0: yeah
1: to be clear if this was a snake draft you know i was going for number it was 17 hunger going- uh, <laughs> okay. yeah That's where Um, I was like I gotta get It's between that guy And High Steakhouse I went High Steakhouse Wow I understand I'll be honest with you He he
3: wasn't even on my board I'm I'm, Here's the thing I uh. will
2: say In my experience What we always learn Every time we do this Ben And you just remember it Is like Everyone in the draft Has their area of interest Mm -hmm. You know Sure And It just Everyone's picks are so Personal yeah um but yeah so 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 back to our mustache um, West German ice hockey player. So that pivotal uh miraculous one-handed slap shot that Doug hits during the game against West Germany, he is literally draped by the mustachioed West German ice hockey player. and immediately after Doug scores the goal, he is crunched up against mm. the glass by two West Germans, one of whom is under.
3: Yeah, the and first the first one is on grits in slow motion, and he clearly takes the first shot.
2: Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, and this completely scans. Um, Paul Michael Glazer was setting the stage for this, right? Yep. He was planting seeds. That initial shot, that initial shot of the mustachioed West German ice hockey player told us. Yep. This is a man capable of dangerous, immoral behavior. Keep right? your
3: eye on seventeen.
2: Yes, to Tony Gilroy's point. If this film was a western, we wouldn't trust this man if he walked into the saloon with a vest and a holster. We we would say, "Nah, I don't know about this guy. There's something about this guy that yeah. m- makes me a little uneasy. We yeah. don't trust him out here on the ice." And um yeah, that's the pick. West uh, the uh mustachioed West German ice hockey player. Um <sighs> He just brings a lot to the table here. He does. Wow. He doesn't have a ton of time <laughs> on screen. He doesn't say a single word, but my God, does he make an impression?
1: Yeah, I agree. That's a great pick.
3: That is an incredible pick. Yeah. Now I'm just rewatching this the slow motion spinning helmet uh, that that Unger. Oh, you the know, puke helmet. I mean, yep. it should have been oh, filled with vomit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Ugh, all over again. Had no dread. business that being that on someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not.
2: It's literally yep. made of plastic. Could that not protect or, a nine-year-old. It's intended helmet. for ice
3: cream, not for <laughs> yep. you know, or vomit. Not <laughs> yeah. to
2: protect a man's head. Yeah,
3: you're not using no. nothing unless you got a spoon. Yeah. Oh my God! Incredible pick, CW. Bravo, Thanks. Bravo. Thank you.
2: <laughs> and now okay. we wait. I mean, now, now you know. Now I just sit here and dread. I'm f- now I'm three picks away, oh, and all God. I can do is. Shit my
3: pants. <laughs> Shit my fucking pants. <laughs> in anticipation. All right. Just so, kill my
2: darlings, one after the one after the next. Go ahead, take them all. Take everything I want. Take everything
3: we're now midway up. through round 2 yep. with yep. my second pick in the non-speaking characters draft, pick number 5 of the overall. 1992 redacted ice skating movie. I am picking The Judge. Of I just call him the the judge. judge.
2: We all know who he is, folks. Yeah.
3: Now, to be clear, there are multiple judges, but I am picking one specific judge. <laughs> <laughs> all rise. His first appearance is actually at uh, 1 hour 22 minutes and 49 seconds during a rapid kind of pan shot of the row of judges during the uh, short program in Albertville um, at the Winter Olympics.
2: What's that? Sorry, what's that time code?
3: One twenty-two forty-nine, um, but that's just like a very quick kind of pan shot. I still, um, yeah, I still want to track it. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but then we see, and we see them again, kind of multiple times throughout the the, the short program, um, and then uh, again in the long program. But the moment that I'm zeroing in on, and the moment that convinced me that this would be the right selection, is at uh, the reaction shot that he has to the Pamchenko. At one hour, (laughs) thirty-six minutes, and forty-six seconds. Yep. yep. Yeah. So let's uh, let's just kind of like lay the lay the scene out here a little bit. So uh, there are nine judges for an Olympic figure skating event uh, from nine different countries. Um, I don't think it's necessary for me to tell you the names and nationalities of the nine actual judges at the 1992 Albertville Olympics. Um, uh, but I could, if you want me to, uh, Frank Parsons from Australia, uh, Heli Abondati from Finland, Tatiana Danielenko from Russia, Fabio Bianchetti from Italy, Jean Matthews from Canada, Felicita Spabushikova from Czechoslovakia, Hideo Sugita from Japan, Hugh Graham from USA, oh, sorry, Hugh Graham Jr. from USA, and Josette Besh from the UK. Um... But in the cutting edge, um, we see a row of uh, seven faces that I was able to count. Um, but there are sort of three main prominent ones right in the middle of the frame when we get the, you know, the the, the judge reaction shot um, in that pivotal moment uh, when, you know, the entire world witnesses the Pamchenko for the first time. There's a woman with uh, short red hair, um, kind of to the, to the left of, just left of center, Um, there's a man with white hair and black glasses, dead center, and then there's a tan kind of silver fox-looking fellow uh, uh, to the right who's almost definitely the French (laughs) judge. Uh, This guy's a dead ringer for uh, Nicolas Sarkozy, uh, just with a a slightly deeper tan, um, perhaps. Um, But I'm picking, uh, with my selection, number two, I'm picking my white-haired man with the black glasses. In the middle of the frame, <laughs> and I'm picking him for two reasons. Uh, reason number one is his glasses. Uh, they are amazing. Um, it, they are. They look like a very thick, hard plastic uh, black frame, but they're kind of curved, so they're almost like like kind of Macho Man Randy Savage style yes. like shades. But then, of course, with a fully you know transparent glass you know lens. lens. Um, yeah. There's no you know shade or anything or. Um, in, uh, coloring in the in the glasses but they are phenomenal looking uh, i mean they're spectacles. basically magnifying glasses if you yeah. look at yeah. the
2: lens if you look at the lens itself yeah they are thick ass glass you know yeah. it's 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 yeah. at least a quarter of an inch in terms and the
1: of the, these were is the preferred brand of glasses by either figure skating judges or serial killers Yeah, fa- your father's
2: father's father wore these photos. yeah yeah
3: and the shot is lit beautifully, framed beautifully, so you actually see a reflection on his glasses. It looks like it could be the ice rink, it's the, the skating rink itself, because there's sort of a glint of, of white like on the lower right-hand corner of his glasses. Anyway, the glasses are phenomenal. But the, the real reason I'm um, picking him is that he stands out from the other judges for a, a, a second and more important reason. When that fucking Pamchenko is landed, the entire row of judges is slack jawed and paralyzed. Every one of them is frozen <laughs> with their mouths agape in utter astonishment and disbelief. All that is, except for one judge. The white haired man in the middle doesn't have a wide open mouth. No, he's smiling. His lips are touching. He, and this is important, likes what he sees. At least that's his initial reaction, delight. But then he does something else that none of the other judges do. He moves. So all the other judges totally frozen, stiff in their seats. But the white-haired judge moves forward in his seat, shifting his body very clearly and distinctly in the direction of the thing he has just witnessed. His smile changes into more of a look of pure childhood wonder and awe, but he continues to lean in and not away. He's not scared by what has just happened. He is shocked and confused, certainly, but he is very clearly intrigued, okay? He is curious. And why do we as humans ever uh, move closer to something? Well, because we want to know more about it, right? We want to get (laughs) a better sense of something. Maybe we'll be able to see it better or hear it better or smell it better. Maybe. Maybe we'll get close enough that we can touch it. Maybe we'll get close enough that we can taste it. Yeah. This man has just witnessed the first Pamchenko in human history, and he is not (laughs) paralyzed by fear, but rather he is, perhaps even subconsciously, triggered into motion toward the subject. He does not want to flee or ward off or otherwise reject the Pamchenko. He wants to embrace the Pamchenko. And that is why I'm picking the judge with my second pick in the non-speaking characters draft.
1: I mean stellar pick that judge one thousand percent lives in the gray area. That yes. is illegality or ne legano. Listen. Legano ne legano, the judge is purely ne legano. <laughs> you
2: had me you had me at the judge. Yeah. Um folks, uh two things here. I'll be real real brief. One, this is uh this is a first-round talent. This is, yeah. I mean, let's again, be
3: real. Sh- shocked I was able to get him.
2: As Again, as soon as you said the judge, we, we all said um, we all he do. got the judge.
3: <laughs> he got the fucking judge. We
2: all <laughs> yeah. wanted the judge. Cross the, the, the judge off your list. Sorry, boys. Yeah, you didn't have to specify which judge. We all knew which judge. There's yeah. one elite top prospect judge. You got the judge. Yep. Secondly, um, Again with these non-speaking characters, they're all looking for ways to distinguish themselves on screen. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as it's as simple as that. Lean forward. Just that a little speaks, lean forward. It speaks volumes, folks. I'm not yep. speaking with my words, I'm speaking with my lean.
3: Yeah. And and then that and, ever so subtle change in his in his mouth. Yes. In in his expression. It's so subtle, but yep. God damn, I've gone through it frame by frame I mean, so many you, times you, and it is just a master class in you, facial control and technique. It's beautiful. You nailed
2: it. I mean, again, when 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 uh when when Mel Kuyper and the draft analysts on ESPN break down this prospect and they put put down his bullet points of like why he's a first round talent, it goes like this you know glasses
3: mm-hmm.
2: hair smile <laughs> mm-hmm. ability to lean forward and express curiosity fascination and yeah. wonder and awe yeah. a lot of depth um, a lot
1: of depth that character brought.
2: first round talent you got him in the second round middle of the second round i mean that's that's just what this draft is which is yeah. the fact is it's loaded this is this is a film that's loaded <laughs> and um, we tip our cap to you. We all wish we had the judge. You got yeah. the judge. Yep. I had judge. to
3: take the judge. Now, does he does he score them? Uh, you know, does does he reward the Pamchenko or does he penalize them? I don't know. I can't tell you that answer. Nobody knows. <laughs> of course, we don't. We don't have you know the answers to it such.
1: That leads me to say yes, but we don't. But know.
3: all I know is that I I have a feeling I know what he feels in his heart, and maybe even in his groin.
1: Yep. Oh. And um, you know, while you're all. Just ecstatic about your second round picks. I am feverishly calling the front of office, office to let them know. <laughs> all right, all right. You <laughs> so, <assholes> so, you're <laughs> missed.
3: Oh the no, pick. you're
1: on the clock, Christian. <laughs>
2: just six. So this is pick. round two, pick number six. The phones folks. are ringing off the
1: hook. Uh, yes. they, the, so the pick is in, man Christian. Upstairs, go, ahead. <laughs> saying, go for it. Make that choice. And that choice is Kate's dead mother. Whoa! <laughs> Dead mother. Oh my god. One <laughs> Oh my Probably god. Probably the most important character in this film that does not utter a line. Oh my you god. You know her as a knockout, as a show skater. Looking at your stuff, great pictures of you. It's your mom, right? Boy, she was a knockout.
4: Yes, she was very pretty. She was a show skater.
3: Well, you know, there's one over here. You look like you're not even old enough to walk yet. You got skates on?
1: And what is this expression on your face? Is that a smile? I never knew you had so many teeth.
3: Oh, my God. You just broke the draft. You I broke the draft. Just, she That's was still...
1: Image. Unbelievable. You know, I got three guys in the first uh, round with high steakhouse waist staff, <sighs> so I may as well get the memory <laughs> of a player. You got a Holy ghost. God. I got a ghost. I got just oh a vague, my foggy <laughs> memory for my second pick. Oh, yes. And there she uh, is, Kate? folks.
2: 38-47. <laughs> piercing honest, eyes. Folks, piercing <laughs> eyes. Hair.
1: A smile and a child. Hottest life is dead about mom I have run. seen
4: Real in my out. life.
1: Real knockout. But the fact is, this movie all stems back to Kate's dead mother. Yep. Jack has to take over as a father, trying to do what he thinks is best for this young girl who needs a mother figure in his life. Mm. She was a former show skater in a knockout, so the father doesn't know what to do but to just try to do what the mother did. Just trying to fill
3: that void of pain any way he can. Pain and
1: anguish in a giant, uh, you know, he's built this giant cage for his beautiful bird of a daughter, Kate Mm -hmm. Mosley, who's trapped in this this Greenwich cage, just trying (laughs) frantically to live up to the looming shadow that is the mother that Mm -hmm. is no longer in her life, that is unintentionally created an unlovable shrew that Doug uh, is trying to reach. She doesn't feel she's worthy of love because she never had a mother there to love her the way she needed. And the Ugh. father didn't know what to do. And folks, I can't believe I'm getting this figure mother. as my second pick, but Case Dead Mother, uh, happy to have you on the team. <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> Because delivering an absolute haymaker broke here. the
3: draft and my brain
2: at the end of round two. Jesus Christ! This guy.
3: Yep. Whew, he knows what we're, he's doing. I guess we're moving into round. We might have three. a ring around our hands here. <laughs> <laughs>
4: you can listen to
3: Switch F-